You will sleep better than you have ever slept. You've never been this relaxed. Are you ready to change your life? I'm Rusty Diamond, certified hypnotist. You don't need to leave your house. You can stay in your bed. You can stay in your favorite chair. You just need a computer or your phone. You can get a hold of me. Stay at home. I'll make your life better. Hypnosisisgreat.com It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Yo, man, Boomus Rusty, what is up, everyone? It is Friday. You know what that means. Everyone knows what Friday means. If you don't know what Friday means, you don't need to know what Friday means. Every day is the same. Every day is a good day, and that's what really matters, because if it's not a good day, what are you doing here? Welcome to the Pup 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 Podcast. The Pennsylvania Public Access Podcast. It's just the Public Access Podcast. So, uh, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for being here on the Rusty Diamond Podcast Network. That's what's up. Things are getting going. Things are getting moving. Why wouldn't they be? Except for this. This stuff isn't getting moving. This stuff is not moving. One day I will. I did get rid of one of those boxes. I need to sell this thing up here. You guys, I got an eBay store. Check out my eBay store. Buy stuff on my eBay store. Rusty Concepts. Check that out. I got a bunch of stuff before you can hit eBay too. Anyone's looking for a bunch of records or some nudie magazines, I got those too. So there you go. So speaking of records and nudie magazines, let's go to something completely different. Maybe it isn't. We'll find out. I'm going to bring on my special guest right here, right now. And my special guest right here, right now is Justin L. Shaw. And here he is. There he is. Hey. How are you doing, Justin? Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me on. I'm super excited. Me too. Uh, So, uh, Okay, I'm looking in your background right now. You got a. Uh, I, I don't don't want to make some sort of dick joke to start it off, but you have a, a Johnson, uh, big Johnson background uh, jersey right <laughs> Bernie there. Vernon so. Johnson, yeah, yeah. Vernon Dream Johnson Team was a big part of my childhood. I can tell you that. And oh, then I, the other thing, got yeah, one of my favorite movies. Oh, okay. Wait. So hold on. What Johnson did you say? Magic Johnson. Magic, I think you said Vernon, Urban. Oh no, Urban yeah, Johnson. Bird, it's it's a bird, bird and Magic Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. Okay, I can't. Green I can't team. see the bird. Bird and Johnson again. Another 
two dick things. So that that's good. So we're <laughs> gonna start off with nothing but dick jokes. So that's okay. All right, I see where this is going. All right, that's good. So, uh, 1992. I was talking about this on one of my other podcasts a while back, trying to remember all 12 members. And so I'm from Portland, and so it was a big deal getting uh the because the number 11 and 12 people on there were uh they had to have the one guy from college which was christian leitner and then the other uh, the 12th guy was uh clyde drexler clyde the glide the glide yeah um yep. so are are you from uh la or boston or are you just no. uh what no i'm from i'm from uh scottsdale arizona um currently living in sedona but um just i just loved basketball i loved the nba growing up it just was a huge part of my life i lived in boston for about a year as a child um but i'm definitely arizona all the way uh, okay. and it's kind of you know being an arizona sports fan has done wonders for my humility let me tell you because we uh, we we are the kings of of losing we have out of 50 years and four professional teams we have one championship so um i'm I'm, I've been very humbled by being an Arizona sports fan. So is that, the, was that the, did the Diamondbacks win one? 2001. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. I was trying to figure out what it was. Okay. Yep, uh, Diamondbacks. Was... I was outside the stadium when that happened, not inside. I didn't have, I didn't have that kind of money, but I was outside the stadium and boy, it was a great time. Yeah. I mean, what was that like? I I've had one where it was kind of the same. I was up in, uh, in Seattle, and I think '05 when they made it to the Super Bowl, um, and then I was up there during the Super Bowl when they lost, or whatever it was, and then just like the difference between those two days. But um, so, what was that like when when you were outside that stadium? Was I mean? Oh, it was, man! I can't even tell you the excitement because, like, if you go back and watch that game seven, it was insane like we were behind um they uh the yankees call up rivera who's like the sandman lights out you know like everyone's standing around like all right well we should all just go home like but all of a sudden things start clicking and like the you know we get one run and then we get another run and all of a sudden it's tied and um you know, it, it's like oh, this crazy stuff is happening. There's this, it, there's this intense excitement all just in the air. And then uh, Luis Gonzalez steps up to bat and he just bloops this thing right to center field. The guy comes in and like everyone just erupts outside of that stadium, inside the stadium. It felt like an earthquake, man. Like it was just, it was intense. It was crazy. I was hugging strangers. I was high-fiving people. Um, and it was really funny because at the time, I was a freshman in college at Arizona State, and I went with, I went with um, my, uh, I was in the dorm at the time, and I went with uh, my friend who was from New York. So he had all his Yankee gear on, and so we went together. And as we're walking back to the car, I'm going nuts. I'm high fiving people. I'm hugging people, and he's just got this defeated. I mean, he's head down, like he's got his Yankee gear on, and he's just head down, just walking, and just like, oh. Uh, it was a good time. <laughs> it's always good seeing, uh, you know, I don't know it's good seeing the Yankees lose or, um, I don't know. I'm always kind of happy with that one. Always. Uh, and cause I mean, so this was 2001 and then this was, so this was right after baseball started right back up right after. Cause I, I, I'm the same 
uh, age as you. And so, um, yes, like school, school had started down there. I had a buddy who was at, um, down in Tucson at that time, starting up. And so school started, I think in the summer for you guys. And then, or sometime maybe, cause like I started late September for me. And, um, so like I, it was still summer when, when nine 11 happened, but for some reason, I I remember Yankees winning the World Series that year, but I I guess I guess I'm wrong. So Randy Johnson was pitching then too at that time, I believe yep. for the Diamondbacks. Yep. Big unit, yep, yep. Kirk Schilling and Randy Johnson, they were the co-MVPs. Okay, the co-MVP. Okay, yeah, all right. And I don't know how many times that's happened, but yeah, they were the co-MVPs. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, and so I mean, yeah, getting to to see that and be right there is pretty pretty cool getting to have all that happen and then yeah um man i i went to yankee stadium this last i don't know like back in july i went there um it's pretty cool uh outside of there there's like a little little ballpark um for like kids to play on like right outside the stadium is there i've I've never i've never been there i I hadn't either. I was living in Connecticut. So um, I went over there one day and it's like, oh, okay, I'll go, go to a game. Um, but yeah, man. So then, so you were in Arizona and I mean, so man, I, I won't get in. There's a whole different story about with Arizona and, and me, uh, like just right after that, I, I had a, a, uh a very eventful trip um in like what was that january of 2002 i took a trip from port drove down to portland and um yeah drove down to arizona and got into some trouble uh down there so yeah i got into some trouble in arizona too what do you know we share that together as well (laughs) well good uh not good but um so i mean yeah what what uh, i don't know if you want to get into that or if you want to save that for something different um oh no i'm an open book man i'll get into whatever you want what what happened in arizona um oh man uh it's it's i've i've had a just just a intensely crazy life um so, you know, it, you know, the kind of had a, not, not a great childhood, you know, I don't want to blame my parents for anything, but just, you know, emotionally kind of neglectful so that it kind of, it created a lot of weird feelings in me, not hearing the word love or being hugged a lot and stuff. So like, it just kind of created negative energy. Um, I was usually a pretty good kid, but I, you know, I felt very, it just created a lot of unworthiness. So in high school, um, I just you know, something clicked to where it was just like, I, I'm tired of no attention and negative attention is better than no attention. So I just started acting out like crazy. Um, so I started, you know, I was kind of a late bloomer. I didn't start drinking or, um, you know, smoking weed until about 17. I quit, I quit the football team cause I wanted to be a full-time partier. Um, so, and you know, I, I felt a lot of acceptance in my friend group because I just, I wasn't feeling that uh, at home at all. Um, and one of the most 
addicting things I came into was I used to steal. I mean, I used to I used to go to Safeway. I would load up a grocery cart full of alcohol and just walk out. And oh, um, I would I would do this over and over. And, you know, I, I, I the high of having the kind of attention that, you know, you bring a bunch of alcohol and have a bunch. We'd find whoever's mom parents were gone and we'd right. go party at their house. And and having the kind of attention that is like this party is happening because of me, you know, like th that kind of attention and, you know, being like, oh, you know, like everyone's like toasting their drinks to you and being like, you know. We'd have times where we just invite people over and drink for free. We'd have times where we'd charge people. Um, but this became a thing. Um, so, you, you know, like eventually, of course, you, you know, you do it enough, you're going to get caught. So, you know, I, right. I, I got caught for that. Um, I've been caught for, you know, like I've gotten DUIs in the past. I've, you know, I've, I've never spent more than 24 hours in jail, but I've done 24 hours several times. Um, so it just you know, it just really snowballed into where, you know, I got into college. Somehow I I've, I got through college, but, you know, I graduated with a degree in communications and a nasty drug habit. Um, this was at the time when uh, the, you know, the whole dope sick oxy Purdue Pharma thing was going on. And I just, I had no idea what I was taking because my, my parents just, they didn't prepare me for life it just, i just you know it was just kind of thrown to the wolves a little bit so um i just i had yeah. a, i had a lot of struggles there um big time uh in in college I, I somehow got through i don't know how i mean there's only so much information you can retain with one bloodshot eye and a head full of acid but somehow uh, somehow i uh, you know i got i got i got through and i graduated which is you know if you don't believe in miracles I got through college, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so shortly after that, I, I, I went to, um, California. So I, I wanted to be in comedy cause I I've always enjoyed making people laugh. That's one of those attention things. That's like, makes yeah. me feel good. There's a so, lot of um, people that are attention, very attention starved and, uh, Hanging out with a lot of people that are attention starved can really uh, extrapolate along those uh, lines of already with having a, an addictive personality and already dabbling into other kinds of, uh, you know, drugs and alcohol and all that. And so did you find that happen uh, possibly uh, when you got into comedy down there? Oh, yeah. And so I would go in. Uh, I do like open mics, um, but the thing with stand-up comedy is you need to be standing up. And my drug habit was having none of that. Like I just, I was a mess. I was just a mess. Like I would, you know, I'd, Xanax was probably my favorite drug, but then I'd mix that with, you know, like opiates and like I just, uh, you know, like the nods and like, I, you know, how do you, you can't function in life like that. So even though I, you know, like I had a couple, you know, times where it was like, I, I, I did well, but then I'd show up and I'd just be a wreck. Um, so I went, I, I got I actually tried out for the Groundlings Theater, which, um, which is a very oh, famous theater, yeah. uh, theater group. Um, uh, Will Ferrell, um, probably the most famous, Phil Hartman, Pee Wee Herman, you know, like it's, they really have There's a, a long list. Yeah, there, there really is. Um, so I did get accepted 
uh, by the groundlings yeah. to, to, to start there. They have a four level group before you're actually on stage. Um, but the first they have to even accept you in to like start at level one. So I got accepted in, but shortly your... after that, I had an overdose and had to go to rehab. So, um, that happened. Uh, it was, it was, what it, happened you know, there? it was, it was a really tough time at that time for sure. What happened with that? How, how'd you, how'd you overdose? Uh, so it just, I, I was taken to the hospital cause I was kind of like, I, I was just, in and out of kind of consciousness and my friend like was afraid. So it wasn't like I had to be revived or anything. It was just kind of like as a safety precaution, I've never gone completely like dead, uh, thankfully in, in my life, but I've, you know, I've had a couple of times where I've definitely taken too much and it was kind of scary. Um, you know, like in, and in, in LA, you know, like, I, you know, I would do, you know, like cocaine and then, you know, like, a downer like Xanax or heroin. And, you know, this, you know, doing that is like, is like being in your car and stepping on the gas and the brake at the same time, you know, like it's right. not a good thing. That's what's killed plenty of people, uh, you know, in entertainment, yeah. uh, the old speedball yeah. uh, of sorts. And um, so uh, side note real quick back to what was your, uh, audition for the groundlings before we get to the other part of that uh question yeah so it was just it was just improv it was all improv which i you know i i do i'm not great at improv i would say i think i'm better like kind of with scripted stuff uh but i guess i was good enough um I don't remember exactly this scenario. I think it was like, it was like a father daughter thing. I don't remember the exact kind of scenario it was, but they just kind of had you get up there and just, there's no real, it's just like, okay, go. <laughs> All right. So yeah. yeah, that's what it was. And so they, they said you, you got it. And then was that like a celebration kind of a thing or just like a, a regular night and you just too much. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then just yeah it was bad out. i just i had to go to rehab i couldn't function so i couldn't i couldn't take the steps and actually get into the program and and do all that because this happened so quickly after that was that happened so i just i never even got a chance to get in or do anything with it so did you go right to rehab or did you go back out for a little bit uh after after you uh od'd uh, no, I pretty much went right to rehab after that in California. Um, yeah, it was, and that was my first time. I've been a few times since then. I mean, this was like 2000. I was really struggling there too, because I moved there right before the crash of 08. So like okay, getting a job, like I just, getting a job there was a pain. And I just, I, and I really wasn't functional either, but like there really weren't jobs available uh, thankfully for my, my mother, like I, you know, she kept a roof over my head. Um, otherwise I would have just been homeless, which I've spent nights, you know, it, kind of on park benches and, and homeless because I, after rehab, I would go to the, these halfway houses yeah, and I was still kind of stuck in my addiction. So I'd get kicked out of the halfway house and then be too embarrassed to call my mom for money. Cause I was broke. Right. Um, so I would just stick it out, um, and just find places to sleep, you know, for a week until I would gather up the courage to say, okay, I, mom, I need help. So 
after a couple of those instances, it was time to come back home and try a different rehab and just move back home and have my mother watch me for a little bit. So, and that was back in Arizona. Yeah. And so, uh, and then, well, what was that like? What was that like then going into rehab and then, uh, a rehab where you think that it can work? Cause I mean, it's easy, it's easy to go in and be like, yeah, well, you know, I just got to do this until I'm good enough. And then, you know, knowing no matter, I mean, I don't know, not knowing that fully that it's just going to go right back to what it was, but it's easy to look back 20 years later and be like, okay, you know, 15, 20 years later and be like, okay, yeah, well, yeah, it'll probably, probably didn't think that it was going to take the first time or um i mean did you have the thought that it's like okay it's gonna be okay this time when i go or were you just like like i hope i was i was very hopeful uh certainly and um i was open to new things this this was more of a like of a kind of a christian-based rehab so it was like let's try something different um so and in there you know like i just became open to a higher power right like you know, cause like my whole life is kind of agnostic, like not atheist. And just, I just didn't know. Um, yeah. but that was my first experience with kind of that chi energy that like, cause like they, you know, I, I was sitting in a kind of prayer circle and I was just like, guys, I need help. I don't know what to do. Like help me out. Um, and they kind of prayed for me and, you know, like, and sit, you know, brought Jesus into my life. And then like all of a sudden this energy kind of took over me and, um, and and something did change. I was sober for seven years um, at that time, so I something really did change. And and I started going to the AA meetings. I also started going to church um, more often. And but it was just it was in church that like over time I just kind of got uneasy with you know trying to push my faith on other people, and like I really started questioning things. I was kind of like you know this whole bible thing you know like well who, who wrote this how do we know that every word of this is true i don't know that every word of this is true like the, some of this doesn't sound right like you know i don't think god is that vengeful i don't think you know god god gets disappointed in us you know like and how would he just like he can't treat us i don't think he treats his children that way to send them to hell if we if we if we are disobedient i mean you know what parent you know locks their kid in the closet if they do something wrong forever you know like i just I don't see that as realistic. So I, I knew God was there. I knew, I, I knew it was a part of my life, but I just, I was like, I just didn't, it just wasn't clicking with me. But um, shortly after that, I've just, in the last four or five years, like I just have experienced trauma after trauma every year. I've like had just like a major trauma happen. So it's kind of brought me to my knees to where it's like, you know, what, do I do? And that's where this, that's where these crazy experiences in meditation and the whole sorcery thing came to be. So like it's, it was, and it was after, you know, I had my, my mother die in, in 2019 and my sis, I had my, I had, um, we had COVID hit and then my sister died shortly after that. Um, right after that, I was at a, my drug dealer's house at the time and uh, I was attacked by an Alaskan Malamute which is not a small dog. It's a huge dog. And it ripped into my face. It 
narrowly missed my eye. Like it hit right here. Um, so I, I thank God that I'm not blind. It hit his other, his, the bite hit here. You can see the scar. His tooth went in and just ripped all the way up. Um, so oh, yeah, it just, I mean, uh, you know, you want to talk about a wake up call, you know, you're at your drug dealer's house and that happens, you know, it's like, get yeah. your shit together, bro. Um, so what happened at that moment? Oh, right, was... right after, right after you have your fucking face, whatever mauled, uh, and what's going through your head. Sheer panic. I mean, just sheer panic. Like, thankfully it, uh, it stopped, um, because it was, it was a dog I had known. Like, I didn't think it would attack me, but I, I kind of got bent down to pet it. And that's when it just, poof. um, so it was just a complete shock. I went into to his room um because he just he just said come in he wasn't there um probably nodding out or whatever uh but and he was of no help because he was useless so i had to drive myself to the hospital um oh, which i did but like just like i had just i just had this thing against my my face as i'm driving to the hospital and i just walk in and like and and it's and it's kind of dead there because like this is shortly this is like late 2020 you know like this was probably November, 2020. And like, so COVID is still very real and there's not a lot of people in there and they're, everyone's, you know, kind of wary. And I'm just like walking with this like huge rag on my face, which is the blood everywhere. Just like, I need help. <laughs> and like there, but you know, it's, they stitched me up and you know, like it, it just took some healing. <laughs> tell, tell you to put on a mask and you say, no, I can't put on a mask because my face is falling off <laughs> yeah <laughs> holy shit and so i mean so then what what happens so do they go to stitch you up and then are you thinking like was that then were you like okay now i gotta fucking shape up or yeah or was no it was, still yeah, like, it was and it, it took it still took like after that i was still like you know like recovering and i was still doing drugs at the time because i was just in a horrible miserable place but about a month goes by and like, I just, I, I'm done. I need help. So I, uh, I contacted my dad who knew this guy, uh, who's, who kind of is familiar with the shamanistic arts. Um, and he came in and, um, you know, started, you know, talking to me about, you know, like spirituality and, you know, like, you know, you don't have to, you know, be focused on, you know, one really, you can be kind of a free agent and, you know, like, all this stuff. And so, and then he introduced me to meditations and he started doing these kind of guided meditations with me. And, um, that's really what, uh, what helped me. Um, and then it was shortly after that, that like, um, no, well, it was a few months after that, that I was just focused on like getting better and just do meditating and like getting rid of these like negative energies. And, um, all of a sudden one day, like, I, I felt like, I felt like I'd been in an airplane mode my whole life. And it was like, all of a sudden this one meditation, it was like, it switched off. And it was like, I've had many panic attacks in my life. And this was like a bliss attack. And it was just this joy and this amazing feeling. And it was just, it just opened me up. And I all of a sudden started getting all these downloads and all these things. And, you know, just like all this stuff started coming to me. 
And so it's just, just like a phone and airplane, but you know, like a phone and airplane mode, you know, I think we can all agree it's not living up to its full potential. Right. right. So that's, and like, after that is like kind of where this whole thing started. And it's, it's been, it's been a, you know, about a year and a half or so that like, it's really started coming together. And like, I've been getting kind of directions from source to do certain things and write this book and start helping people and like, you know, like get out there because nothing gets me higher than helping someone. It's, it's, it's exactly the same feeling I got when I, when I'd be the center of attention, um, maybe even better. So, and, and it, you know, like, it's almost for selfish reasons. It's just like, you know, like, let me help you. So it'll help me, you know, like it's, you know, it's not completely altruistic. It's just, I just enjoy seeing people get better. Right. And I mean, that that's kind of how it is with me with hypnosis is, you know, like it's the same, you know, guided meditation, hypnosis, just different word for it. It's same, same thing. Uh, and I mean, yeah, I mean, it's back to that, Hey, look, look what, what I can do, uh, back to that, you know, stand up comedy thing. And without having to go hang around uh, a bunch of people that are, well, I mean, cause I mean, I feel like I was part of that too. Like that same sort of thing. Like just, it's not a good group of people to be hanging around that much people with that kind of energy. Just it's draining. And like, and then also, you know, being at, most comedy shows are at bars or you know places that um you know everyone and there and then afterwards everyone's just getting shit house and um it's nice to not have to have that part of it and still be able to find something that can take its place in in a better way and i mean it was hard after that like after you know not doing that or you know doing other shit that i did where i'd end up being center of attention you know it's it's nice to have something that's positive i mean i wish i would have not had been i don't know like in my mid-30s or so when i finally got there and i wish it would have been you know 10 15 years late earlier um but i wouldn't have had those same experiences i had that you know made me who i am and i wouldn't have had those fuck ups that i've had that have made me who i am or i don't think i would have had the same appreciation of it being able to have that when i was anyone in those ages and is that something that like kind of you experienced? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it was, it's probably more like late thirties for me. I mean, this, this really like it, it clicked in my early thirties and you know, like I was, I was like physically sober, but I wasn't emotionally sober, you know, like I still like would, you know, I would still kind of do things that, you know, weren't, you know, like I would kind of kind of switched addictions and, you know, like focused more on womanizing and, or exercise. And like, I'd find other things cause I wasn't really emotionally sober. I was just not drinking and using, which, which was more manageable, but I didn't feel any different. So like, and it's, and it's right. just recently that like, I, you know, I've actually feel different. Um, and that's, what's, 
so exciting about this whole thing and like doing the writing and like coming up with this whole program and everything. It's, it's been a real treat. <laughs> so when, when you're doing your writing, so you be in early forties now, when uh, you're doing writing, are you, I mean, do you have, do you have a, a, a notebook, sticky notes? Do you have a, a journal? Do you use your phone, a computer? Do you go with a typewriter? Do you have a stone and chisel? Um, what's, what's, or did this switch up with what you do? Do you have a special pen? So I, when stuff comes to me, like I'm not always around, uh, it, I put it on my phone. And then um, when I'm, when I, when I've put together the book, which it's probably like, close to 90%. It's almost done, which is crazy. It's my never written a book before, obviously. Um, but I'm excited about it. But yeah, it's all it's all on the, the computer here. It's on my laptop that I've got going on here. So um, but yeah, whenever something comes to me, it, it goes in my phone. So I don't forget it. Right. That's easy to be like, Oh, man, I'll never forget that. I'm there. You know, that that five minutes later. Good and I don't know what that was. Yeah. <sighs> Um, way too many of those to, you know, learn that lesson, uh, what could have been, but, um, so then in your book, so then what, what's your, your book about then? Is it, is it like a autobiography or is it like a, more of a guide to life or something? Different? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a system I've come up with, um, that helped me. So I was introduced to the secret a long time ago. And, um, you know, you can have a positive thought or affirmation, but if you're not feeling the right feelings, it, you know, it's not going to get past the brainstem. So the whole thing is kind of creating that mind heart coherence. So you're pairing a, you know, an, a clear intention with an elevated emotion, um, you know, like joy, gratitude, serenity, whatever it is. And um, I have always struggled with that elevated emotion part. Um, you know, like I can think good thoughts, but if I'm not feeling the right thing, you know, it's when you're tuning in, it's it's called manifestation because it's like you're tuning into a station, right? Like you grew up in the right. 90s. So those little box radios that you little black box radios. So they, they don't even have like a digital dial. So you don't, you have the, you have the wheel turning thing. So, yeah. so you have to turn the wheel and like guess where it's at. And then not only that, you have to turn the antenna to the right, you know, like here, it's not good here, here, right there. That's it. So yeah. <laughs> like, so like, you know, like consider your thoughts, like tuning in here and then the antenna is kind of like, it, you know, the feelings and you have to, tune in so th this program i've created it's called sorcery um and the book is called sorcery 101 and i've created 13 rungs for higher elevation of consciousness so it's like climbing a ladder and each rung kind of like is equally as important but it's creating you know the whole thing was just like well you know if, if you're trying to manifest are, do you feel worthy of your manifestation and i'd be like i don't I don't even know what that feels like. I felt unworthy my whole life. And it's like, how do you feel worthy? Like, I understand manifesting and how it works, but I, I need someone to explain to me how to feel worthy because I don't know how to do that. So this book is is a step-by-step -step process of creating worthiness in yourself because I, I know there's got to be more people out there that have a hard time. You know, they want stuff in their life, but they're not, they're not, 
sending out that signal. Like, like once you get the, the mind and the heart, you know, connected, it's like a beacon to the universe and like it, it'll, it, it, it'll come in, but you have to have everything lined up. Otherwise it just doesn't work. So this book is, is, is about creating worthiness. It's about feeling good about yourself. And, you know, it's kind of a step-by-step or rung by rung process, but I spell sorcery. There's, you can leave your your wizard robe and your magic wand in the in, in the closet because it's not that it's it's source energy. So I spell it S O U C E R Y, um, because okay. we're using source energy, uh, to you know help create better feelings and manifest things in your life. But I'm I'm not focused on you know like creating tons of wealth and stuff. It's I, for me it's more that the feeling and feeling good and and but you know. Things like that can fall in line very easily, but you first have to feel good and get rid of the negative energy for that to even happen. Right. And then, so for each rung, then do you say, do you have to get through rung one to get to rung two, rung two, get through rung two to get to rung three? So is it like the, you know, with the AA and uh, with the 12 step? 12 steps. Yeah, no, it's not really in order. Okay. Yeah, it's just, they're all kind of equally as important. I mean, they're, I have, they're in a numerical order, but other than the last one, which is similar to the step 12, which is kind of like passed along, teach it to other people. So it gets ingrained in you and helps other people. That's kind of like the 13th one. Um, And I picked the number 13 because it's in tarot, it's the number for transformation. Um, But transformation is, can be a really difficult process. You can ask any werewolf. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's not an easy process, but man, when you, when you get at it and work at it and like do the things that I've done, like, I just didn't have a choice. I mean, I was waking up suicidal every day. I just, I just wanted, I never had any plans, but I just wanted to get hit by a bus so that, you know, like people wouldn't remember me as as a quitter. Um, but I just, and like, I just didn't want to live my life like that. So I just started coming up with this process and like learning I'm just all I am. I'm an extremely damaged human who finds healing in learning and helping others. That's who I am. Uh, side note again, uh, before we go back into this uh, with werewolves. So uh, the movie Teen Wolf with Michael J. Fox. So there was a, a Teen Wolf 2 um, with uh Justin Bateman playing uh, the the Teen Wolf, and no, yeah, no. yeah, and it's crazy how similar they looked. Um, I mean, if you go back, but and then uh, later on in the rest of development, uh, his character's name was Michael, which mm-hmm. was there was always those a lot of if you watch the rest of development, a lot of weird little jokes about stuff they did previously to the characters like or each of the uh, individual actors and i don't know if that was part of it or if it was part of the godfather part of it but um but yeah it was it's weird watching them two uh together as young uh young adults i guess they probably weren't young adults or i guess they're young adults they weren't like teenagers but um but so so back to this. So I mean, so you said, I mean, you were again, you know, feeling suicidal, and so I mean, was that like I don't know. 
kind of pushing you or would that, would that push you when you, you were getting those thoughts to, to want to do more or would that sort of slow you down and kind of make you reassess everything and everything just sort of stops at that point. And did you get to a point when you're able to work with it, work with that power of having such a strong feeling to turn that into a positive? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would say it's like, it's like harnessing, I have horrible like anxiety and like depression. It's all tied in anxiety, depression. So it's like, it's harnessing those feelings and doing stuff aside from just killing them, you know, like killing them with a bottle or pills or whatever it may be. Um, I find, I find that getting stuff done and learning and writing and like doing positive things, working out like that helps even more than those things. And that, and at the end of the day, I want to wake up tomorrow and be proud of the person I was today. So I try to keep that in mind when I'm doing things, but it, it is, it is a matter of, it helps my anxiety to get stuff done, to help people to, to do positive things. So it is, it's like, taking that and like writing it <laughs> it really is so it's 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 been it's been very cool to to know that th there is there there is a reprieve to this there is hope there is there there is a solution that you know doesn't involve doctors um you know for anything chronic the medical community is amazing i you know i wouldn't have a face today without them but the fact is is they just don't understand chronic disease and and that it's you know the 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 disease in the body the disease in the mind is caused by a disease in the soul right like i mean that's 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 the core of it and if you can get to the core of it your disease can heal on its on its own you know right and so then what would i mean breaking it down to dis-ease um and what would the opposite of that be of of dis-ease what i mean would it just be would it just be ease or uh yeah I mean, ease serenity you know in the program it's serenity it's a peace it's just yeah you know there's a it's it's a joy and i kind of write about this in my book the difference between kind of happiness and joy you know like happiness you know can be found in drugs, sex, cheeseburger, whatever, you know, whatever it may be, you know, there's a lot of happiness chasers out there that are kind of miserable until they're doing their, their thing, whether, and it may not be something similar to destructive, could be video games, could be exercise, but like, they're not happy unless they're doing their thing. Uh, joy, on the other hand, is kind of this serenity, this, that's what I chase is like this, this ease, everything's okay. You know, like you don't have to be, you know, like you can, you can be joyful without, you know, having to do something on the exterior, you know, like you can work on your interior without having, you know, all the stimuli um, out there. Right. And so uh, again, with, with the book, so is the book, are you, do you have a publisher? Are you going self publish? Are you doing the yeah, Amazon self publishing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's oh. I, I'm I, I've I've uh, I've heard on uh, Andrea who was on a couple weeks ago with you. Uh, she has the um, she has a self publishing. Uh, she's helped me with 
create the website. I actually had gotten off. So I, I deleted all my social media because I just was I just needed a clean slate. So I had deleted all my social media about 18 months ago. Um, so we're, we're restarting everything. I think I have one one follower. I mean, we just launched it last week, the website and the, and the Facebook and stuff. So like it's it's just in its infancy. Um, and it'll be interesting to get back on there because I've, I've been off social media for 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 18 months now. So I kind of I, you know, I lost a lot of my so I'm, I'm really starting fresh and starting all over. So, yeah, and it's kind of nice. And I mean, I like I kind of did the same thing uh, like. A few years back, uh, like I don't on social media, like I don't I don't know, I post stuff, but I don't scroll or Intake you know like yeah. yeah yeah i got rid of all that when because i mean like i said like anything like uh being in entertainment uh and that like the outskirts of entertainment seeing a bunch of people that have are very opinionated about certain things going on in the last three years and uh i was just like nope don't i don't want to deal with any of this shit like i'm just i just unfollowed everything like the only things that i i see right now are stuff that's for sale um and then i have a a page that i look at it's all just uh mike judge stuff uh the guy who does like Beavis and Butthead and stuff. Oh, and that's okay. That that's that's my whole social media. Um, everything else is just I don't know. And I it's nice not to know. Like people will if if anything like really comes up, I have my my one friend who's slightly more invested in social media than I am, but barely. He'll tell me what's going on. Um, but then it's really get like shit, like you know, if someone dies, like it became a thing, like uh, if people die, and like you, you don't know until there's like eighteen people writing, uh, you know, R.I.P. Jimmy, you know, like, well, what the fuck happened to Jimmy? Why? What is Jimmy really <laughs> dead? And then, like, okay, well, but then it's like, well, did I? you know, really need to know. Like I, I found out from like my sister would call me like when uh when my best friend died and I was like I I wouldn't have known it because then there's also with that too with like with the um you know the the drug uh life and stuff like you don't know you don't have mutual friends anymore. Like there's only certain people really who i don't know like i have some friends like i would never know if they died like i i know them but i don't know anyone else who knows them and like i'm not on them with social media like and i've had to kind of like accept that with some of my friends just like that's if they're dead i'm not gonna really know until someone tells me and um that was kind of a hard pill to swallow but I don't know. I mean, it's kind of life, but then uh, without social media, I wouldn't have known anyways. So, but basically long story short, uh, I don't really 
I wish I had somebody that would do social media and that's why there's AI. And that was the next thing I was going to get into with that. So with AI, uh, I make all kinds of shit. Uh, this show uh, could be done better by AI, but I'm still doing it. Um, and then making music, same thing. AI can do it better than I can. Writing, writing jokes, taking my jokes I had from before, give me 10 new punchlines. Fuck, that's funnier than what I would have come up with. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's frustrating. Um, and so where are you with AI with, with writing? Um, has that come into anything or, you know, coming up with, uh, uh, like programs or like you were saying, you know, stuff of that nature or, you know, work, work books or things of that nature, just being able to put it into AI and have it pop something out. Or I don't know, like I, I made a book on Amazon, uh, a children's book. I forgot what it's called. Uh, something about teaching kids not to piss in a public pool. And um, I mean, got to use AI on that. And I, I don't know, I'm, I'm so back and forth because like all this stuff, I know it can do better than I can, but then I know it's me, but it's not me. And yeah, I mean, I'm, but I'm still doing the show. I could go and just pay a certain amount of money and the show's done. And I just let it run infinitely forever. But I still enjoy talking to people. Is that I mean, so like where where are you with AI? I, I like to ask my my author guess this one. And I try not to make it because I feel like kind of a dick saying it. But like it's something like this is coming out. And like I mean, I, I feel it in so many different places with stuff that I do, or you know, even like writing scripts for hypnosis. I could write all these hypnosis scripts and have it done in fucking five minutes, have a whole thing. Um, so is this anything you're coming across or thinking about, or are you just like, I'm staying the fuck away from it? Yeah, it's, you know, it's it just like anything. It, it can be used for good and it can be used for bad. And, um, you know, like if you're just using it to, you know, like I, I'm not that tech savvy, honestly, like I wouldn't even know how to like this, I, I would call this book a co-creation, certainly, because, you know, like, it's not all me, right? You know, big guns yeah. upstairs. Um, but it's, you know, like, I mean, I guess it can be used in a pinch, but I, I don't I don't even know how to uh, how to approach it. So certainly there was no AI involved uh, in this book at all. But it, yeah, it, I mean, it's going to be really easy to just, you know, let that take over. And then, and then what happens to us? And then, you know... Right. <laughs> You know, like, you know, like if, if you don't, you know, it's one of those things, if you don't use it, you lose it. So if we're not using our brains and we're just letting AI take over, we're just going to, it's just going to turn into mush. So yeah. like, I think it can be, you know, used in a, in a, in a, in a good way, but I, uh, you know, I can also be absolutely abused. I mean, just like drugs, I mean, drugs yeah. are not inherently bad. It's, it's, it's the obsession we get over them that, that becomes an issue, Um, you know, like you know, I, I would never say let's eliminate opiates because good Lord in hospitals and people that are struggling and like, you know, we, we need those yeah. in the short term. It's just doctors were prescribing them for long-term use, which should never happen. They were being abused. So like, it is not inherently one thing. It's just that it, it's the attachment we get to these things. So like, it's, you know, 
it's going to be a matter of responsibility for each and every one of us for sure yeah and i mean i think there's a good and bad in everything and uh i mean if something is that bad it can also be that good um and you know like i i tell people that with with hypnosis like like there's uh you know mind control and uh you know, shit like that. There's subliminal messaging, um, CIA operated shit. It's terrible. But with that, like how much good there is, like if you can do the exact opposite, if you can take that bad and use it for good. And I mean, I think that's also something with being creative. Like if you've gone through a bunch that's going to make you learn a lot, and maybe was shitty at the time is going to be able to be so much better and so helpful for so many people going on into the future, because if it's that bad, it's got to be equally that good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm just, just like social media, you're talking about, like it's, yeah. you know, it, it, I'm, you know, it can be used for good, but I wasn't using it for that. But, you know, I found once I deleted all that and I stopped following people, it's like, you know, they put blinders on a horse because they run a better race, <laughs> right. you know, like it's it's the same thing, you know. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm feeling like. And so um, so where where can people find you uh, and get their blinders on to check your stuff out? Um, yeah, or- yeah. So I have a website, J- JLS Sorcery. Make sure you spell it with a U, S-O-U-C-E-R-Y, because you might end up in a site that sells cauldrons and rat tails. So oh, okay. um, yeah, S-O-U-Z-R-I. So JLS, my initials. Um, and then, yeah, I just we just launched the the Facebook page. Um, uh, it's Justin Elshaw. I think you have the, the, the I just was sent the, the website, but it's, uh, I have a page on there. Um, certainly go on there and, and like it. Cause like I said, we just, we just did it last week and I think I have one or two people on there. So I haven't even gotten a chance to really send it out to family yet. Um, so it's, I'm, I'm on there. Those are the two main ones. Uh, we're going to, there's free videos on the website, um, that I kind of go over the, you know, first couple rungs it's, and then, um, I'll, we'll be doing stuff on YouTube and stuff. Again, I'm just getting started. Like I, I just started writing this in july and i hired someone on to help me with like i said i'm not tech savvy so she's helping me out with all the all the background stuff um but yeah you can and if you just go to the website it should have a link right over to the uh to the facebook page as well but it's justin l shaw um and then sorcery so jls sorcery okay i one more question uh so if you were in arizona uh back to the basketball and stuff uh, Danny Ainge, was there a Danny Ainge hat club by you? Was that a thing? Do you remember that? Oh my God, yes. A- yeah, it was in Scottsdale Fashion Square. Okay, yeah, dude, I, I had one of those uh, in, in Lake Oswego, Oregon. I was part of it. And you, when you sign up, you get a hat. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember I got a, uh, I had a Cincinnati Reds hat and it had, uh, it was like, there was the a drawstring and there was like a little uh, one of those push down clips that you put on a drawstring and yeah. then it would be on the back. So there's these two little things like two little rat tails hanging out the back. Oh but um, yeah, Danny Ainge, man. 
Yeah. That brings know, me back, was... man. I can't believe yeah. I haven't thought about that in like 20 years. That's great. Uh, I don't think I had either. And it just was like, oh man, it, uh, because there's not a lot of people. Yeah. I think who would remember that. So um glad yeah we got to bring that up and uh yeah so justin man good talking with you i'm glad you got to meet and get to have your first podcast i made sure i didn't say that at the beginning so it wasn't uh like someone coming up on to do a, a stand-up and it's like this is their first time and you're like oh shit, i'm just gonna fucking turn this off right now yeah no that's yeah yeah no like yeah it's uh thank you so yeah, yeah hopefully it went well hopefully i've got many yeah. more in me but yeah thank you yeah. for having me on my yeah. first one and uh bring it back in come and join months. me on my journey yeah absolutely and yeah um yeah i'll get you back and we'll like in february march or something all right sure you bet cool all right well have a great day man thank you thank you so much yeah. you bet all right, that's Justin L. Shaw. So I'll put all his information down here in the uh, stuff in the internet. In the internet, I'll put it in the notes so you can find him, find stuff. Uh, I'm going to get these lights fixed. I still feel like the lights aren't quite right in here. And I need to get rid of this shit so you guys can see. I have some wrestling gear I never wore in there. You can see that I have green screen, bunch of socks. I got a, where did I get that? I got a Mountie outfit somewhere. I think when I was in Minnesota, I don't know why. I feel like someone's like, you gotta get this. You gotta buy this. Um, shit, I wish I remember that story. But I have a Mountie outfit. So maybe if I go up and work in Canada again, Maybe I can do that. But you guys, thank you so much for being here on the Rusty Diamond Podcast Network. And that is the show. Man. Boom! It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker.